0: Okay, Okay. welcome to episode three of the Aim, High and Achieve podcast. I'm delighted to say I'm joined by Luke Cambridge today. We know each other from our little town, Hergesund. I used to, uh, when I started this podcast in the planning and I was kind of writing down names and things, your name was probably, I don't know, second name I put down. I thought, okay, yeah, this guy looks like he knows how to achieve things i used to drive to work and see you running up one way and then i would drive home from work and you'd be running back the other way and you have quite a dis- distinctive look. So i was like okay this guy seems to uh seems to know how it's going so um thanks for joining me thank you very much for having me no problem um okay so we go right back to the beginning and uh, I, i've obviously known you for a, a bit of time now and we've spoken in the past so i know kind of what your history is but for for people listening now just just go to the very first sort of moment you sort of thought about what you want to achieve in life how you sort of built your life up to that we'll we'll get into it later but you you, you're in the top five in Norway for OCR so that's going to be what we're talking a lot about so explain what OCR is go into that and then we'll go to the beginning yeah okay
1: all right. Uh, okay. OCR, obstacle course racing. So imagine like a, your typical obstacle course as you, like when you were a kid, uh, everyone did it in gym, for example, PE. Yeah. And uh, just that idea of having to jump over stuff, swing, balance, crawl, and all this kind of stuff, mixed in with running then. <clears throat> so it's not like a pure running sport and that kind of dream to be a pure runner is like for very few people. So mm. at OCR I feel opens up a running possibility for many people, mm. lots of different walks and of
0: life. It, You know, you know, going, I've started now thinking about, as, as you sort of getting into your 40s like me and and uh, I, I'm running every day now and I'm cycling couple of times a week and I'm, I'm i'm going back to the things that i did when i was a kid that i used to love doing being outside in in the rain in the sun you know and if you think back up you think about mental health you when were you happiest it was when you were a kid yeah you know when you were fishing or cycling or or yeah. running out of a care in the world i think we lose in the modern world we lose a bit of our way with things like that and i think it's a good thing I mean, you, you've been doing what you love all your life. You've made almost, you know, a professional career from it. Um, so I think it's brilliant. But, yeah, so we, we're talking about sort of monkey bars. Yeah. yeah. We're talking about sandbag carries,
1: crawling, okay. through the, crawling through the mud, under nets, carrying tyres, logs, uh, jerry cans full of water, okay. ammunition boxes. Crikey. <laughs> all right. And uh, sw- now, like, the more modern kind of OCR is more like... Um, a bit more technical, especially in the European scene, then it's like, you've got all these different kinds of ninja grips, like think ninja warrior I, TV
0: I, I looked through your Facebook and I saw um, a video with some uh, sort of grips in your hands that you had to place in mm. to sort of monkey bars that you were swinging, which I thought <laughs> crikey, because I'm kind of thinking running's hard enough, without I think, <laughs> like a hundred obstacles over the course of it but
1: yeah, but I mean, for some people, like if, we, if we're thinking uh, level, then you, you think like um, top level runners. Okay. Okay, they're like running ten k in twenty six seven minutes, wow. and uh, to to be there, you have to like be really really specialised. Okay. But being a generalist, I've always I've always had like a preference for being a generalist. Okay. So like do like a hybrid. Okay. Like a triathlete, maybe.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good at at three. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, so like, um, even all the way back to when you first start playing video games and when you choose a character, I always wanted to be the balanced one, the one that was fast, but also like, well, preferably (laughs) fast, like fast and...
0: With a bit of punch, yeah, but okay. not like the tank. You didn't not want the, to be Bowser, <laughs> no, exactly. Or Luigi. If you wanted to be someone in the <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So mean. even
1: going all the way back then, it was like, okay, who's the most balanced? What's the what's the the best middle ground here? Okay. So that's what that's the kind of thing with with OCR. You'll see you'll see the the decent runners mm. in an OCR, and you'll see the strength guys. Okay. And that's where like those two worlds meet, mm. but of course. To be the best in OCR, you need to be
0: the perfect hybrid, okay. the Best hybrid that you can be. So, th- I'm thinking uh, a lot of people now are probably thinking tough mudder, mm-hmm, for example. Yeah. That there's one sort of competition to do, and I know I've got a few friends who've done this, and they, they yeah, once a year they put it on Facebook for a bit of fun. <laughs> um, but but how did you get into that then? So, from school, you've got you know, you have your sports days. I, I used to, yeah, I, I was probably a bit the same, I was okay. At the, bit of middle distance running I was not the fastest not the slowest you know not the strongest not I was a bit in the middle um so how did you get into OCR originally okay so going all the way back to the sports day then just like
1: for the mental side of things and for like the aiming high mm. uh, part um I was actually the fastest in my class okay I was always the fastest guy in the class so just from an early age like five six seven. You're the fastest guy. Okay. And now I see all these kids. I work with kids, and I see these kids like, okay, you're the fastest here, but just wait until you start at school. Mm. Just wait until you get that competition. And for me, I didn't see that picture in at that age. So I was always the fastest until year nine, and I remember this specifically: a two hundred meter race. I was, I was actually the the, the other guys had grown taller than me. Longer legs. Yeah, and I came yeah. fourth. Okay. I just remember that, and that was like my downfall. I just gave up. Well, after that race, I was like, "I've always been the fastest. I've never lost a race." Yeah, yeah. And this is like, okay, I've, this. I've
0: seen you five. I've seen your five k time now, and it's not too shabby. <laughs> yeah, I'd like Six, to see those guys. minutes. <laughs> I'd like to
1: see those guys who beat me his five k. Yeah, yeah. It won't be
0: sixteen minutes now.
1: No. no. So yeah, that was like yeah That was like from. Year nine, so what are you then? You're like 14. Yeah. Uh, until I was 18, uh, I was skating. Okay. Skateboarding.
0: Oh, right. Okay. Yeah.
1: So that was like, and even that I approached with a an aim high mindset. We would go, I lived in Chippenham okay. uh, in Wiltshire and we would go to Bath, okay. the nearest city. And we would see these guys skating in Bath. Uh, they were all sponsored and they were like, on their way to like okay getting into pro teams and stuff and amateur skaters and we were aiming for that we were like okay we go to bath uh we skate we're like the dedicated skaters in chippenham but we need to go to bath and like skate with those guys to get better okay and so it always like were you thinking about sponsorship at that point yeah that was like a dream okay so that was like the goal the the mm. goal all my, all my crew. So you don't have
0: to get a real job, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're professionals. Try
1: yeah. and yeah, just try and go that way to get just a just a little bit yeah, of money yeah. from it. Get stuff for free. We end up. What year things. was this then? Uh, this would have been. We're talking. We were like, I started skating at 13, so that's 2002. Okay.
0: Uh, so smartphones and nowhere are they? No, no this is no, still. No, not this season. is
1: this is like uh, we got a little video camera. Yeah, and, he, there's no
0: there's no reels <laughs> and. and... <laughs> Yeah, it's like YouTube's video. not even out, I don't know.
1: Bet no, that was a couple of years later. Wow, so we're like getting these skate videos on VHS. DVDs, oh. it was DVD, okay, yeah, just yeah. about DVD then. Wow, uh, and then like getting these skate videos, putting them on, and just getting to like so psyched up that we'd go skating for like 12 hour days. Wow, so even yeah, like, and I and I say it to my kids, <laughs> you yeah, know what, I did at your age, yeah, we all
0: say, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I skated from 11 until 11. And my diet, amazingly enough, I survived on this. It was like uh, meal deals and stuff. So it was like buy one, get one free. Two bags of Haribo, (laughs) two two packs of Maryland cookies, two energy drinks, which were called Kick at the time. Uh, two energy drinks, two Haribo's, two Maryland cookies, and two sandwiches.
0: Wow, it was like a quid each for. for and and that was all you needed in the day. That From was my fuel morning till till dusk. <laughs> yeah. You were out, but that yeah. that I remember. I remember when when uh, I'm a little bit older than you, but yeah, we're we're more or less the same generation. But I remember going out on your bike, your fishing rod tied to your the top rail of your <laughs> yeah. bike. You know, you'd go fishing at five o'clock in the morning and you'd come home at eight o'clock at night and you'd have a, two sandwiches all day. <laughs> you know, kids are not doing that these days. You no. know, e- even my kids, I'm saying to my kids, get outside, you know, do something. Da, 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 da. But, you know, the, the way the world is now is it's so discouraged, this, what we did. And we're, we're not talking, we're only talking one generation. Yeah, this, this has gone from our generation. I mean, this is... I'm maybe being a bit broad with what I'm saying, because when I'm running about here, I'm seeing kids playing football and, and, and things like that. So yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm generally talking, but it is a it is a general problem now, I think, when you look at screen times of iPads and iPhones. and I mean, I, I'm terrible for it. And, I, I, you know, you, you look at a reel and before you know it, five minutes and you're like, no, put it down. <laughs> <laughs> you know... It's the way the world's going now, but but when you were skating for twelve hours a day, fit as a fiddle, not not point one percent body fat, probably, <laughs> even though you're eating Harry and yeah. three packets of Maryland cookies. But you know that's yeah. So that takes you up to so you're in year nine now. Oh, now it's like I'm probably fifteen. Okay, so you're coming to the end of secondary school. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. and friends are starting to experiment with this and that, okay. alcohol. bit bit of the old drugs Mm -hmm. and stuff. And I just remember this experience of being at um, a festival and like my skating, like I approached skating like training. So I'd be skating for those 12 hours and I wouldn't be taking many breaks at all. I'd be like moving from spot to spot and skating from spot to spot. Mm. And my friends would be like taking breaks, having a little bit of a smoke, blah, 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 having a chat. And I was just like totally dialed in. Yeah. Okay. So, so my mentality already then was, like, completely obsessed. Well, where do you think you got that from? I think... Yeah. At such a young age. I think it comes naturally. Like, okay. I'm the kind of person who doesn't get tired of stuff. Okay. Doesn't get bored.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: and just can completely engage in one thing mm. and concentrate like I'm insane. Just, like,
0: You, you know crazy. the... Um, I'm pretty good like that if I'm if I'm if I'm fishing I'm really good like that. I could sit and watch a float for 10 hours yeah. basically. I'm I'm really good. But if I'm if I've got to sit down and look at a document or I've got to read read a document for for work or a technical document I I'm I'm, one, I'm 10 seconds and I'm I'm distracted off to something else. <laughs> I cannot do it. But if it's fishing I could do it. If it's cycling I love cycling. I could cycle if my legs didn't pack up after a few hours. I, I could cycle for, for twenty hours, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I, I totally get what you mean. And it's again going back to these things you did as kids. You know, mm-hmm. everything sort of with adulthood. You know, imagine if you've got to read the terms and conditions from your bank. It's like <laughs> fuck that. There's no chance that I'm sitting down reading that. You know, yeah. after ten seconds you you you're finished. Yeah. But going back to the things we did as kids, it's like yeah, you know, I can stare at a lake for, for 10 hours fishing because I love it. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's dash again. Yeah, passionate. And again, it's we've kind of kids nowadays, they've gone away from having that patience probably because of technologies and things have made this instant like dopamine hit mm. got to be have instant, you know, instant hit, instant hit. They, they don't have, not built with this kind of mechanisms anymore.
1: No, <clears throat> but it was, you know, it was different times. Are and um, I just think that I I think a lot of it is is just the way you're wired, hmm. I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's also like how close can you stay to your passion? Hmm. How like what you, whatever you're doing right now? How close are you to your passion? Yeah. So for me, like skating,
0: yeah, that was my passion. So that I can just
1: Google that's a, a crucial
0: age, like you talked about there, sixteen. I remember hmm. myself at sixteen. You 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 went the right way mentally. I mean, I didn't have a catastrophe, but I liked a beer and liked to go out and uh, no drugs. But I liked to have have a beer and a party. And uh, most of them, the group of lads that I used to hang about with, we were all we were all the same. You know, there was nothing, you know, nothing terrible. We were just being kids and having having a, having beer and whatever. And that, you know, as that sort of leads into sort of that's a crucial turning point. I think that age you go one way or you go the other. I probably stayed around the middle ground, you know, nothing too extreme either way. Um, But I know people at that age who have gone South big time. Oh yeah. And you, you probably know the same, you know, definitely. And I skated
1: with those guys. It was like a real, it was really clear to me when I was 18 then. And by the way, while we're talking about this period of life, it's Mm -hmm. just, you are creating your physique for the rest of your life 100%, so, yeah. and I tell this to the to teenagers these days mm. like just just be aware now that from when you're 13-ish until you're about 20 you are forming your body mm. so that's super important what you do in those years what you really focus on is like it's not saying that you can't change it later but yeah. it's gonna be that much harder
0: and I, I'm guessing as you come out of, as kids come out of puberty and, and you start to lose your puppy fat, for example, because I think that's something. And, you know, if you go one way or the other with this, then like you say, you 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 have that for your life. And you get into bad habits as well there, you know. And if you, yeah, I, I totally agree with that 100%. You, you, what you do at that age uh, it really setting you up for life, you know. Yeah. I mean, my oldest is a swimmer and she is zero body fat now. Uh, 14 15 she stays swimming stays active yeah so like i'm saying with olivia you know she she's going to have that body for life and uh hopefully you know stays active and things so yeah it's it's a it's a really important time of your life that to to really get a grip of things yeah. so um,
1: and then it became really clear to me like uh, when I was 18 then, skipping forward a couple of years now, um my my friends at 15, 16, they had all gone off and taken that that path of okay. alcohol, parties, yeah. All yeah. That. When I was like 14, 15, I joined them at the party, then I'd leave to go and skate on my
0: own. Okay. Because I was like, What are you guys doing? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not achieving anything. Yeah, you know, it's just a, it's just a social thing. Yeah. And I think you some people you know, and I actually can see now, I, I used to love the social thing when mm-hmm. I was that age. So I was like, yes, party, uh, someone's house, we're having a gathering. And I was probably like that for 20 years, <laughs> yeah. right? And it was only when I got in my late sort of mid-30s, I started to think, I don't want to go to fucking parties anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to watch some YouTube documentaries and, and just have a cold beer at home, yeah. you know? And, and it's kind of funny how you... You know, it might take you one party at 18 to realize that. It might take you 300 parties Mm -hmm. until you're 35 to realize. You know, and nowadays I'm sort of like if I if I go to something, I mean, I still I I still enjoy going out. You know, for a social, especially after a rugby game or something. Mm -hmm. But I can guarantee at 10 when it's coming to 10:30, my eyes on the watch and my eyes on the door, and I'm thinking. How can I get out of there without anybody <laughs> noticing that I've gone? And basically that's how it is now. But you know. Yeah, yeah. that was that was me. You discovered me. that after one. Yeah. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: At the age of 14, 15. Right. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, I'll just get on my own then. <laughs> so, so I ended up doing that for a couple of years. And then the new generation of skaters came along looking at me and being all like, whoa, you're what? so good. Okay. I'm like. Making me into some kind of god. Okay. And then, and then, and then I just saw them. I, I told them what had happened with my friends and I saw them and they went exactly the same route, did exactly the same stuff. Yeah. I warned them about it. Nope. They were hiding it from me and they just did the same thing. And I'm just like, okay. So this is like, this is the thing. That's
0: that, that, that is kind of reminding me of what I've watched a few sort of rock climbing uh documentaries and things and and that strikes me as kind of like the same kind of culture with rock climbers you know like you know in like you see in yosemite they're like partying smoking a bit and then they go and do a bit of climbing yeah yeah, you know and then and then the kind of you know they kind of follow that route but then you you look at someone like alex honnold Mm -hmm. out of that who is you know laser focused doing a bloody hangboard after (laughs) he's Freaking free solo El Capitan. Okay. Just bl- and watching that, actually, it reminded me of you a little bit in terms of I was thinking that's probably the kind of thing you do. You probably do a 10K OCR and then you probably come home and just cool down with a 5K or something. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was one point that reminded me of you in that film. Um, but I'm guessing that the the similarities of the sort of skating world, of the sort of cl- rock climbing world, you know, mm, culture, maybe,
1: you know, yeah, absolutely. So I mean, <clears throat> that's that's like, and and throughout all that that whole process, I was like left to my own devices. I mean, from the age of like 16 to 18, sick form right. in school, didn't really have any. Okay, I had I had like connection. I have well friends and I met like some new guys who were skating but they were also into yeah so it was like it was all it was all like a bit up in the air okay. I met like a couple of guys who were more into the nature kind of things okay. so I started walking barefoot when I was 18 started running when I was 18 again p- uh, picking it up on the way to work I used to work in the post office my mum was the boss okay so she gave me a job when I was 16 uh-huh. since I turned 16 and then I, always have to, I would always have to run to the train to make it on time. Okay. <laughs> and then I remembered back to that before the time before that 200 meter race in year nine. Okay. I remembered back to like, ah, oh, running. Yeah. Running's a thing. Yeah. I kind of like this. And then I was like running to the train, enjoying myself just like, ah, oh, cool. I can do this. Yeah, And then like, uh, both morning and evening on the way, because I could either <laughs> run down to the train station to get the, the train that left 12 minutes after I was done at work. Or wait another half an hour for the next train. So I was like, oh, okay, let's try and get the train. Mm. So always just trying to just trying to make it to the train. And mm. I just it just woke my interest in running again. Okay. And then suddenly I'm watching stuff on YouTube, which is now a thing. Um, like I don't know how I got into it, like how I the searches that I mm. did and stuff. But I ended up watching stuff like Goggins. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is when I'm like 18. So mm. now it's what. 16 years ago wow i'm watching goggins
0: doing the bad water ultra marathon okay. uh when he was actually doing it right uh, and like I'm so this is when he's an athlete then he's not kind of like a social media presence yet no, no, so no you're no. you're watching okay that's interesting yeah. so so you you kind of been on the journey with him almost okay yeah so i've sort of picked him up a bit through you know um, Yeah, podcast and Cameron Haynes and Rogan, and you know, you pick all this sort of group of people up, influencers and things. So I've sort of picked it all backwards. Yeah. So I was like, okay, Goggins, Mm who's going to carry the boats and all that? And then I've gone backwards. Yeah. So I've kind of gone, okay, did that. And then I've probably watched these things, but in reverse. And you've kind of been on the journey with it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. So all these people like
1: uh, Goggins, Wim Hof, uh, all these like, I guess I was looking for like mentors or ideas and stuff. I, I, I do like to idolize people. Yeah, I'm, I'm the same. I'm, I'm the same like that. To have someone just yeah, to yeah. like mm, as a model. Yeah. So those kind of people started coming into my my reality. And then I was just like, okay, yeah, maybe I can. And then parkour at the same time. Like uh, from skating, what did we do when we took a break from skating? We started climbing on buildings. Climbing like, trees. Climbing trees, yeah, climbing yeah. everything. So parkour became a massive part of my life. Okay. And that all just feeds into... What becomes OCR then? Because it's obstacles, it's parkour, it's the culture of doing something for twelve hours, okay. just like the whole. I'm outside and I'm working hard. Okay. Parkour, running, started running, and like, oh, can I run to the next town?
0: No, yeah, okay. I run
1: from Chippenham to Calm Okay, it was my next, the next town along on the cycle path then, the Bridleway. Oh, okay, so I was like, okay, got my skate shoes on. Rolled up my jeans, <laughs> and I, I, that was
0: it. That yeah, yeah. was off. That was it. And and I'm guessing this is before. Yeah, it must be before like Strava and uh, oh, yeah, Garmin yeah, yeah. apps and all this kind of thing, we, we, which we have nowadays. You're just running for the pure yeah. fun of running. You're not running looking at the watch like I do. Am I on pace? Am I, am I off pace? <laughs> Doing you know? Am I going too easy? What's my heart rate? You know? And you sort of blind yourself with all this. Uh, technology and, and data. And, and and I was kind of thinking, I, I ran before this podcast just because I wanted to just freshen my head with what we're going to talk about and things. And then I started, I was for, for three kilometres, I didn't think about anything. Then I sort of got clear in my head, what we're going to do, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, okay, I looked at my watch and then I was like, oh, I'm off, I'm off my pace a bit. I need to <laughs> increase my pace. i like, how long have I got? And then I started just like data processing as I'm running. And it's not really what you should just do it for the for the love of it, you know. And I guess at that moment in life, you were just running because you enjoyed it. Yes. It's like you know, like with cycling, cycling now I'm a bit the same watching the watching the clock, blah blah blah, day to day to day to. But you think back to when you were 15, like we was saying, you used to pedal along something called the, the Middlewood Way in uh, Stockport, and it goes up to Poynton and it's sort of like. 20 or 30 kilometer sort of track, mm-hmm. and you should just cycle up it and back. And you didn't care how long it was and how long it took you, you know, you just did it because you enjoyed it, yeah, you know. Uh, so it's, yeah, okay,
1: yeah, uh, um, yeah. So, like, from there, uh, started running, got the parkour, and always throughout all of this, I was like the physically gifted person in the group, okay. So, like, when we started skating, I was the worst worst guy, I was the newest guy in the group I remember I was at home with two of my friends and a group of skaters like 10 kids were outside and my my sister Haley goes Luke, there's a bunch of kids outside they want to talk to you, so I leaned out her bedroom window and they were were just like hey Luke, do you want to come skating?" and I was like "Uh, I have two guests but uh, okay, I'm coming so (laughs) I just grabbed my board and ran out of my house and just left my two guests (laughs) in my bedroom and I was just like okay that was a bit weird but and then uh, that feeling of just like skating up the road to the local school with 10 people around just that feeling it was just amazing I'll never forget it like the squad yeah Yeah. just like the feeling of rolling up the road with the the group and that was just that really stuck with me just that's a social
0: concept as well isn't it that you have Mm. a group of your yeah, the, the uh, same with me and that our rugby team. You know, when we we go out on the pitch, you know, there's 13 of us going out. You know, and, and that's the same kind of thing. I'm guessing. You know, definitely. it's a social construct of yeah. of enjoying something you do and and going out there and doing it. And but obviously, what you do now or what you went into then with OCR coming into that now is probably is a very solo event. You're out there on your own.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. But then running, uh. Skating evolved into running. Okay. And uh, yeah, like I was always the guy who was like, whenever we had a game of skate, uh, going back to skating briefly, um, a game of skate where you would like, one person would do a trick, they would set the trick Mm. and then everyone else had to try and do the same trick. If you didn't land it, then you get a letter. Okay. S-K-A-T-E. Okay. And when you got skate, you were out. Okay. So I was like, I was the guy in the end, it ended up being that everyone else had to do it normal while I had to do it the other way around okay. because it was so easy for me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like with the other feet.
0: To give them a chance.
1: Yeah. So, and always like all the way from back in, in sports day in primary school, the fastest kid in the class, best skater in the group, always, always like at the top. Okay. And that just, I guess like just gave you the mindset to go into OCR and, well, running was a bit different because I was like 20, early 20s, working in Norway, moved to Norway at 21, uh, running to and from work mm. and just thinking like, okay, I'm early 20s now. And I had this thought like, do I want to pursue running? Mm. Like, do I really want to go like I did with skating? Do I really want to go for it? And I was like, I made up my mind one day and just thought, Because by this point, I was following people like Ido Portal. Okay. I don't know if you know who he is. No, I don't. Okay.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You got lots to... Don't send me down another rabbit hole. I've I've already got rabbit holes all over the place.
1: So basically, the point of that was that I was choosing generalism over specialization. Okay. So I was like, okay, no, I do parkour, (sighs) I do running. I'm gonna mix and match those Mm. those, and I do skating. I do a bit of this, bit of that, and I'm not gonna specialize in any one of those. Mm. Okay, early decision,
0: and then I just
1: decided not to. So, are you
0: you kind of thinking that, like, for the layman, is that sort of you thinking middle distance running kind of thing?
1: I was probably thinking more like sprint to middle distance. Like, I didn't know whether I'd land on an 800 meter. Okay. I didn't really have an idea right, of distances, yeah. mm. but just like running generally, so mm. I'd, I'd probably find my distance, yeah, okay. which would probably end up being like between 5k and or like 800 meters and 5k. Okay. Right. absolutely you
0: mean. Yeah. But
1: uh, I decided not to. Okay. I was like, no. Nope. Uh, and then I just kept it general. And then suddenly now we're all the way up to 2016 where I did my first, well, actually 15 where I did my first uh, race, first competition okay uh, until that point i still didn't have a gps watch or right. anything always just running for the joy of it didn't have yeah. any kilometers per week or anything okay 2015 first race yuppeldahl here in yeah. Hogerson. uh 3816 was my time i was like hmm that's not bad and that's, that's over right. 10k that's 9.3k okay Nine. not exactly flat yeah no no <laughs> yuppeldahl is not flat no. so i was like oh, okay yeah not bad and then from there, it was just like, okay, doing a few small races, local races. And then suddenly the next year, actually 2015, that year was the year they did the Beast the first time in Scootness Helen. Okay. Um, the Beast being an OCR, the only, the closest OCR to us is... Uh, and I I just remember seeing like bits and bobs. I just got Facebook that year, 2015, because I started
0: pugs and parkour. Uh, and and then you start to get a bit of a name for yourself, because that's a pretty good time—38 minutes in to do nine and a bit k. Okay. But you, you start, yeah. I mean, because I mean, I I moved here around then, I think around 2015, yeah. and uh, I'd probably seen you running. You know, we got to know each other last year or two, but I probably had seen you running. But, I mean, that's a good time. People must have been sort of looking over the shoulder. Oh, who's this English guy? Come over <laughs> here. He's sort of ripping it up a bit. Yeah, maybe. I,
1: I was still kind of like middle of the...
0: Okay. I was, there's a lot of
1: people around that time. So okay. Like you're not really sticking All right, okay. out. Uh, you're not really like making a name for yourself by that point. Right, maybe. It's more like uh, just... Being a known face, yeah, in town yeah, yeah. at that point.
0: But did, when you when you sort of did that, did you did you did you think you had left things in the tank, or was that full blast? I was dizzy. I was okay. like, really, I was suffering at the end of that, and I, I just remember that feeling. I had it
1: one more time in a few a couple of years before when I signed up for uh, Okay. like a, a bike race off off road mm. bike race about fifty okay. k. I just remember looking at Scott Durex fifty k to ultra time running right and it was three hours and like three hours and change and i just remember 50k in, 50k in three hours okay and i did that mm. r- roughly on my bike wow i was like okay yeah so some people are running this fast for this distance wow okay but then I, just the same feeling at the end like completely empty had nothing left and my legs were dead mm. uh completely didn't know what i was up to right and the same with you, but I was the first time I was being passed by like overweight guys
0: on the, on the last uphills. Mm. I was just like, what is going on here? I'm supposed to be fit. And then, <laughs> and then, and then it kind of leads you, if you've got the kind of mindset, I think you do. And, and around that time as well, it's kind of leading into now you, you're able, and anyone can do this, can research on the internet, diets, health, you know, we live in an age probably from around then where. Every single piece of advice is available for nothing. Mm, yeah. And you, as long as you've got some common sense and you're not stupid, you can decipher where the good advice. I mean, you take something like Andrew Huberman yeah. giving podcasts every other week, every week for hours about brain neuroscience. Mm. You know, how people complain about things now, but how can you complain about anything when you've got that kind of information for free? Yeah, yeah. You know, I've been on that kind of stuff
1: since Mm. I was like 18. Yeah. All that kind of anything like TED Talks.
0: in early Yeah, yeah, TED Talks 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 are brilliant. Yeah. Yeah? It was a TED Talk that changed my life by Mike Horn, South African explorer. He did a, you can go and listen to it about 30 minutes long. He does a TED Talk. And I listened to that TED Talk back around, maybe around 2016, 17, something like that. And he talks about uh, his expeditions to the North Pole and uh, um, sailing down the Amazon and, uh, on a boogie board and all these kind of things. And it he, and he, he just shifted my mindset completely. Yeah. And I would recommend anybody to watch that Mike Horn TED Talk because it is pretty life-changing. And the one, I'm going to butcher this quote completely, but he says a quote in it when he's, he's, he's on his way to the North Pole in winter mm. and it's minus minus seventy and the, the, his cornea and his eyes start to freeze. And he says, when you, when you, I'm on my way to the North Pole, my eyes are starting to freeze. The cornea is freezing. You have to know why you're doing it.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> he said, maybe it's the same to the audience. Maybe it's the same when you're sat in your car, going to work and you're in a traffic jam, going to a nine to five. Yeah. Why are you doing it? Yeah. You have to know why you're doing it. And that, that Ted talk." literally changed my life you know
1: yeah and like from i i'm like of the generation where i was like 14 when youtube Mm. came out so we were like the first group that was on youtube yeah and then and in that mindset like in a in a teenage typical teenage adolescent way Mm. you are trying to figure out the world you're like looking for any kind of rhyme or reason to this yeah. existence and, mm. and, and you go into everything and I'm like just grabbing everything and I'm, I'm even just like coming to this podcast I'm, I'm thinking there are so many podcasts and there, I've heard so many talks that I'm just at risk of blurting out the same stuff I've been listening yeah, to yeah. for like the last 20 years. Yeah,
0: <laughs> but at the end of the day, your your individual story is what is making it, and it's here now forever. Will be anybody can listen, and but it, I understand what you mean. And podcasts nowadays, they've changed my life really. From listening to you, you learn more from Joe Rogan than you do from school. school yeah. yeah, you know, it's crazy. Yeah. But but there's so much like I'm saying about human I for example there's so much information out there, Mm -hmm. you know, as long as you're smart about what you listen to, you know, it's fantastic to get stories. And, you know, I actually think back now, the amount of car rides I've been when I just had the radio on daydreaming for hours and hours driving. And I was thinking, you know, you could have listened to a podcast and you could have been educating yourself (laughs) and nothing all that, all those years, Yeah. you know, but yeah, you live and learn.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like that was the era of just, and I went through a big period of life with like just erasing things, like, do I need this? Do I need that? Do I really need this? Do I mm. need a bed? Okay. Do I need chairs? And then I, I was like going down the rabbit hole of like how to live on the planet earth.
0: Okay. Like, so a really simple, really like knuckling down the simplest. And that's not, a, that's not a bad thing sometimes, you know, You know, I mean, you don't even want to look in this garage, but you could open my garage and go, what is that? Why do you need that? Why do you need that? You know, your life is just one big cluttered mess, really, when you think about it. I mean, I've moved house a few times and the shit I have transferred around the world that I don't freaking need is unbelievable. So sometimes, I mean, that is, yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. Just declutter. Do I really need this? Uh, I've started to do that with trainers now. So I will not buy a new pair of trainers now until one pair is has st- started to fall apart at the seams and then I will replace them. Yeah. But
1: <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, just like going through the whole process of do I need this? Do I need that? I tried to sleep out in my garden in a tent for like a few weeks and that was fine. That was good. And I was at the same time I was doing, I was trying to get a hundred push-ups, consecutive push-ups, just... Yeah. Being like a caveman out of my garden okay. and push doing push-ups and um, just like during the summer. That's like
0: <laughs> just well that that's a good point out. actually. You know, you know, if you have you know, you know when sort of people have families and things and then the excuses roll in, I can't can't really I haven't got time for this and I, I can't do this and and like it's a good mindset to change that. I mean and that something in Norway changed my mindset on that in, in that I saw uh, a woman pushing a pram with a newborn baby in, and then she was running. So she had a running gear on and she was running, pushing the pram. And yeah. I've never seen that in the UK before. I'm sure people were, you know, I just never seen it. 100% yeah. people, people have done it. Yeah. But I'd never seen it until I came here and I was like, okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. She's not sat at home complaining, oh, I've been left with a kid or... You know, it's, uh, you know, the kids playing up or crying or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, I went up to Euped Island with the paddleboard and with Sophia. She likes swimming in the lake. And while she was doing that, I was doing push-ups on the paddleboard thinking, okay, yeah, I'll make the most of this. i am do a bit of a workout on there. Yeah. But once you start doing that micro workouts, little places, you know, if you drop the drop the kids off at the cinema, I'll yeah. just, just just run for an hour and a half or cycle for an hour and a half, come back, pick them up. You know, once you start to look at your life and look at the 24 hours in the day, yeah. th- there's so much time to do these sort of little workouts or little things, keep the mind going, you know, exactly. exercise. You know, it really, yeah, I think we're in again in, in, a, in, a, in a world where people are making excuses a lot of the time, taking the easy option, you know, and then that leads on to their mental health issues, depression, Mm. You know, and it's about mindset. Listen to this Mike Horn, uh TED talk, and <laughs> yeah. th- th- that's what he was saying. Yeah, he is saying, Don't complain about things today that you could have organized yesterday. Yeah, so if you got time yesterday to organize today, it's going to make your life way easier, you know. Mm. So, yeah, that's interesting. It's interesting that you were doing that way back. Yeah, mm. and like
1: now we're on to the kids and the whole uh still being an athlete with kids yeah thing so my kids were born in 2010 the uh no sorry 2011 and 12 i moved to Norway in 2010 hmm. so shortly after around 9 months later well, our, kids, <laughs> our, our
0: kids are the same age more or less
1: yeah yeah, yeah. so um uh and I'm, I'm actually known in Hosen for this for like doing just what you just mentioned mm. the lady with the with the pram and like it was it's always me and the kids mm. like my my girlfriend is working a lot yeah she loves her job okay fair enough mm. um and it's me and the kids a lot of the time yeah, i got yeah. two of my own biological kids and i got two bonus kids okay I got two yeah of hers step kids step kids yeah, yeah. so uh what well, i always treated them Exactly the same. I we we've been together since I was eighteen. Hmm. She was twenty six then, so she already had two kids. Okay, who were then like three and six or something like that. Right. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, they were that. So um, from an early age, when I was eighteen, well nineteen, I guess, when I actually met them, I've been like a father figure. I wasn't really ready for my own kids. Probably. Oh, you're quite young, really, for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's like I wasn't ready for my own kids, but it was a good, a, a good practice mm. kind of thing, a good arena to to try it out. Mm. So when I did get my own kids a couple of years later, then
0: yeah, you've had the practice and you're ready to go.
1: Yeah, it was like nothing. Yeah. So and and my my girls, they're known for being in that. <laughs> in yeah, that, stroller, that and, stroller, yeah. and just like being run around all over Hobson and eventually reading around my road, my bike with them behind. And yeah, yeah just rain or shine, snow, wind, whatever. Mm-hmm. I was out with them. They were having a weird a time.
0: Cool. So <laughs> getting into, into you specifically, uh, OCR in Norway, then you, you ranked yeah. in the top five. Yeah. You, you've had some pretty amazing finishes. So how did you go from sort of middle of the road and you put out and 10K to sort of going then into to where you were, how how you sort of progressed into OCR?
1: Mm. Yeah, so like the early races, you did and the Beast, which was the first OCR, two thousand sixteen. I didn't have the right shoes. I didn't even know about the right shoes, mm. and I was just wearing my parkour shoes. Uh, luckily, the first year I, I was there, it was nice weather, uh, <laughs> and I came twelfth. Okay, so I was like, oh, okay, I wasn't too bad. Uh, 12th i started in the fourth heat and i'd sent a message to the to the organizers saying like can i can i possibly start with the first heat and the guy who organized it didn't see the mail okay until the like the day after the race so then ah. he replied to me like oh sorry you could have just started in the first yeah, one. yeah so i was like ah oh, okay then but i just remember the the feeling of like standing around waiting to start in the fourth heat and i was like i probably should be in mm. an earlier heat but People look so fit around here. Oh yeah, yeah. God. And I still get that. I still see that now. Yeah, at races, but it doesn't scare me anymore. No, because then I was like really intimidated by all the physique of so many okay. people. Okay. So you see, like, oh wow, he looks really fit. But then I saw them, like, towards the end of the race, like completely dying, and I was like. Can you move out of the way, please? Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Do
0: this obstacle. And you know you can be really, you, you know, we we. You, I see it in rugby. You, you you have people who look like animals. Yeah, look like you think Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I gotta go up against this guy, but they don't have the mentality. You mm-hmm. see, so you can have the physicality, but if you don't have the mental side, you know, which is eighty percent. Yeah, in my opinion, from everything I've read, twenty percent physical, the rest is mental 100% mental yeah so it's like I'm guessing what you're doing there is a big mental focus you know being sharp you know focusing on each course each uh, obstacle as it's coming mm,
1: yeah so I mean that was like my first experience coming 12th so of course then you do you think ah, oh, top 10 you know yeah. could be getting there the next year I came back and came fourth wow with the same shoes and that time it was really raining right and i i found out afterwards that i lost my podium spot uh, no i didn't find out afterwards sorry i i found out that uh on the way up the last climb hmm. i lost my podium spot uh ah on the hill to to a crossfit guy okay <laughs> so it was the hill that did you yeah oh, okay i was just knackered so yeah. uh, and i was just uh, and then on the way down from that hill it was really slippery and hmm. so these other guys i saw they had these we like shoes with lugs on the bottom okay oh, okay and that was the race that really like turned everything around and made made me really want to go for it because i thought if i can get fourth place with the wrong shoes mm. in rainy wet uncomfortable what, what sort of distance
0: I mean? is this over
1: okay yeah yeah This uh, the beast was a 7k 7 8k with about 40 obstacles.
0: Okay. And I'm, I'm guessing, okay, you've done pretty well in that now, but then, then you're going into like, okay, now I need technical, I need to sharpen the technical side of this up. I need to think about the shoes. I need to think about maybe, uh, uh, honing the training a bit better and starting to think about, okay, you know, where am I focused on mainly on you know, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, so, uh, from there it was like, yeah, uh, 2017, fourth place, doing good. I really want a podium. I bought myself some uh, some shoes, some uh, orienteering shoes. Okay, which were clearly the best, hmm. which the world champion at the time, John Alban, was wearing and endorsed. Okay, so I was like, okay, get some of those. They were only made in Finland at the time. Wow, uh, orienteering brand VJ from Finland, and um that's like, even now, you'll, you'll just see on the
0: podiums in OCRs, you'll just see VJ, 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 okay. it's just VJ. That, that's the the brand, if you like, of, yeah, yeah pretty much. They like Reebok and CrossFit, you know, you yeah. see the, all the Reebok gear, down you, all the time with that. and yeah. yeah, so now they've branched out from Finland to USA and okay.
1: become worldwide and stuff Um, and like sponsor that
0: what's special about them Them then is it like a
1: lighter shoe with a uh... nice light uh durable they drain well and they got the best grip on the planet Ah, of course because
0: you're in water so you're going to be yeah yeah okay
1: wet yeah mountain sides and everything you can literally just stand on like a
0: really steep slope
1: on a mountain and just stand there and feel absolutely safe that you're not going to sleep anywhere wow okay yeah so, uh, yeah, got myself some VJs, and I've only run in those mm. since. Um, uh, obstacle course, mm. obstacle courses, of course. Uh, and then the the year after, um, I had a bit of a disaster at the Beast, actually. Didn't eat breakfast. so And that was the first year that the Beast was a European Championship qualifier. Okay. So I was really disappointed to come 15th. And, like, I was aiming for the podium. Okay. I was putting myself in position, and then suddenly it just crash what do you think that
0: was a bit of nerves or was it something physical you
1: it's just lack of lack of energy like i didn't have breakfast so yeah for the reason for not to... having breakfast was it a bit of nerves oh, the, uh, or... yeah um yeah
0: nerves excitement because i'm exactly the same before a rugby game i find it really hard to eat so i'm kind of like two poached eggs and two pieces of toast and that's me for the day like but I can't face it to eat. I don't know if it's the adrenaline mm-hmm. yeah. it kind of going into war yeah. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I know full well that's going to come on a game day. So the night before, I'm just carving up. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm thinking, mentally, I'm thinking, yeah, but I probably ate way too much yesterday anyway. So I just make sure I drink two or three litres of water before. And usually after 10 minutes of the game, my adrenaline settled down. Yeah. And now I'm into focus mode, you know. So, but yeah, if you're not prepared for that, you, you know, if you've not eaten and it's not something you kn- you knew you weren't going to do, I guess then your body's probably going to run out of fuel. And yeah, like, like you say.
1: And it's, and these efforts are like, it's like an hour of red line. It's, right, You are just purely, you're, you're, you're anaerobic okay. all the time. Meaning that you're, only burning from your glycogen stores, you're yeah, only in the red zone, like completely way over your
0: okay, so, <laughs> threshold. Yeah, because everything I do mainly is aerobic, mm-hmm. so sort of slow running. Yeah, yeah. So anaerobic is if I was to just sort of interval train sprints, I'd, I'd be anaerobic at the, the, when I was sprinting at full blast. Right? Yeah, okay.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so an OCR is like you are basically pretty much red line the whole time
0: because you have no
1: time to rest i guess <laughs> no. yeah so uh, <laughs> yeah it's it's intense mm. it's an intense experience like even just like a 10k ocr eight even 8k okay can be like the, the effort of a half marathon
0: wow and yeah. what, what sort of times does that take on it say for example a 10k a 10k would probably take you
1: you're a bit over an hour
0: okay yeah so a 10k yeah for me to run is about an hour, a bit less 55, maybe 105 mm. if it's after a night out. and then but and you're doing 80 obstacles within that <laughs> at the same at the same time.
1: Yeah, okay, that's crazy. So our 10k times, the, the the better guys in in for example Norway are running low 30s for the 10k. Wow, we're like under 35 between 30 and 35. Okay. So you've got to be there in the running. And you have to now, especially now, you've got to be on the obstacles. you got to be like practicing yeah, yeah. types of obstacles. You can't necessarily get everything specifically, but you got to be,
0: you've got to have the type of grip strength that you need. Yeah. yeah. And that's, yeah, you, you said earlier, you've just come from the climbing gym. So that's, I'm guessing one environment that's perfect for, and I've been in the climbing wall a bit. I took my friend there. He came to visit me a few weeks ago. And you know, when you've never been to a climbing wall before, the day after you're aching in places you never knew existed. Yeah. So I'm guessing you 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 do these OCR, you need to be finding those places that you didn't know exist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So just building a robust body. But um,
1: yeah. So I was really disappointed here uh, in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, but that year, I got told. Uh, at a race I came second in uh, Northman OCR in Sandness okay Uh I was one second behind the winner literally I could have wow. jumped over his head from the last obstacle over the finish line but wow. I was scared to land on him because he I sat in his car on the way down this okay you
0: <laughs> didn't want to <laughs> jump on him yeah? Kiss <laughs> him off yeah yeah maybe he would have been running home from Sandness <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like oh,
1: I could have done it but
0: nah, mm. nah. And oh, then, that's a shame
1: but then Uh, that was a learning experience for me and really motivated me. And that year, I think it was because of that race. Yeah. It was literally because of that race actually, because that race was a world championship qualifier. Hmm. So the top whatever five or 10 got through or three, I think it might've been at that point. Okay. Um, Yeah. The top few uh, got through to the world championships. So there we were suddenly world championships in uh, London uh then that's when i really
0: stepped up a notch because yeah then i saw the world's best okay i saw y- them and you're learning from these people i'm guessing you know you're looking at them what are they wearing what are they doing what are they drinking what are they eating you yeah. know where are they staying yeah what how are they warming up you know <laughs> you're yeah. absorbing all this information yeah
1: yeah absolutely so then
0: that year i just
1: took it as like a a
0: nice experience i was just there for the experience.
1: I came like 69th in my age group and I was just like having a good time, ran it all controlled. Yeah. yeah. I think I only did the, no, I did. I I think I only did the standard course, which was the 15 K. Okay. Uh, that time. And the next year I came back 2019 after winning everything locally, hmm. the beasts, North man. Okay. Uh, like that was really my year. Wow. That's when I was like really on top of the world. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, like after that winter of 2018, after seeing those best guys in the world, my training changed. Then I was like, okay, so intervals, how do they train, da 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 da, da. Really going into it and then had a really good winter of training,
0: got in all my hills. And, and do you know the course before you do it? In the World Championships, for example, do you know, the say there's 80, 80 obstacles, do you know those 80 obstacles before or is it
1: you, you know what kind of obstacles you're meeting. Okay. You have the rule book, which details every obstacle, mm. but they don't always have a, like a specific picture of that exact setup of the obstacle. Like if they say multi-rig, then you're going to have, you know that you're going to have a rig, which could be 10 meters long, could be 30 meters long right?
0: Uh, with different kinds of grips, right. wheels, bars grips so do you, do you get a, do you get a dummy run on this course to see everything so not allowed to touch anything so a lot of this is actually mental mental overload when you get to that obstacle <laughs> not only are you pretty fucked but you've now gotta <laughs> yeah. work out the freaking <laughs> obstacle itself to do it yeah yeah, yeah.
1: so now at the moment uh, at the moment okay well let's just stick to 2019. Uh, yeah, uh, went in to actually compete in the short course, 3K, and the standard course, 15K. Uh, came fourth in, my, in, the, in the 3K, in my age group, and ninth uh, in the standard course. I was cramping up <laughs> at the end, mm-hmm. uh, where I was doing an obstacle, and I was just literally laying on the obstacle, sh- shouting, because my legs okay. were like, just cramping up. And then three guys came past me, so that was would have been a sixth place, right? Fourth and sixth, pretty good. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, just like got that experience and was like, okay, fourth again. Mm. I, I've been here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I won that podium. Yeah. So I, and I'd already gone from the beast fourth place, fifteenth with that crash year in yeah. 2018 to winning it the next year in 2019. So i have I'd been there. Yeah. Yeah. So I wanted now I wanted the podium. Yeah, but then, of course, COVID came, COVID, yeah. messed
0: up everything. The, the less we say about <laughs> yeah. that, the better.
1: Yeah, and I was actually selected for Team Great Britain actually based on my performance in London. Okay, got this guy who now sits in the World OCR board, James Burton. Invite met him in Poland in the European Championships. Okay. Actually had a go at him. That's how I, that's how I met him because <laughs> he was coming up in the age group behind me towards these obstacles and he was like 35 to 39, coming through coming through, coming through, let us pass let us pass, and, I, and then I was like who is this guy? Who does he think he is? <laughs> and I was looking around and everyone was like, huh, what? what's going on? why are these guys allowed to come past? And I was like, oi James, you better run your ass off because I'm coming to hunt you down yeah, yeah. Nice. and then uh, I actually did catch him before the end of that race but he hid Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, and I, he admitted this afterwards when we shook hands and like introduced ourselves. And, yeah, yeah. Blah blah blah. Just friendly banter. And uh, yeah, it ends up that he sits in the board for the World OCR. Wow. And uh, yeah, he selected me for Team Great Britain because I came fourth. I was the best English man. All right. Okay. In, yeah, in the age in the, group competition in the world. Yeah. Well, not in the world, but in the age group okay. competition. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, almost in the world actually Mm. because it was basically just the world champion and myself who were like up there I think I was like 30th or something wow of everyone including the elites Mm. so that was a really good day Um, but yeah then I was selected for Team GB which was going to be in uh, Sochi the world championships (laughs) Russia (laughs) yeah so uh, nope that didn't happen 2021 no races no I think i did like two races just about kind mm. of not really not really any anything to mention yeah, everything
0: just kind of went on standby didn't yeah, it? and yeah. everything yeah i think the the less said about that time yeah. in mankind the better to be honest yeah but yeah, yeah. so just like I, th- I think i got injured that year as well um yeah
1: somehow i managed to injure my my knee Hmm. like we
0: were expecting you're getting <laughs> old mate that's what happens <laughs> so
1: th- turn 32 and that was it yeah so uh, yeah and then like fast forward to now now it's like now we've been to we just been to Hungary uh, competed in the European Championships the whole sport has changed now hmm. because it's like we went from uh, the rules were like you have to complete all the obstacles you, ha- you can retry as much as you want okay uh, but you have to complete them all, and if you can't complete one, you get your bat, your armband cut off, and then okay, you're, you're out. out. Ruthless, yeah. But uh, so I enjoyed that, but now it's like you got three bands, you can make up to three mistakes in the course. Okay, uh, you make one mistake, you get one penalty loop at the end, just before the finish line. It's going to be carrying or something, something you don't want to do. Okay, two mistakes, two penalty loops. Three mistakes, then you're out and this is like one try all hanging obstacles are one try right so if you like in european championships i didn't hit the bell at the end of an obstacle because i didn't see it huh didn't know it was there didn't study the obstacle well enough beforehand okay. and then they were like shouting at me hey, oh no, 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 no and i was like oh, the bell so it's ruthless yeah and then um Another one, the next day, I just like slipped off one of the ninja grips. It was like sweaty hands. Oh, okay. I didn't like the difference between me and the real elites in mm. this sport is like that I take 10, 20 meters before an obstacle, like you say, just approaching it. Okay. I calm down. I you, I walk for like 10 meters. I'm just like, okay, how do I do this? What is this obstacle? And how are people doing it mm. in front of me? Okay. And watching maybe someone do an attempt and then like, okay, I'm ready. So, yeah 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 so i use a bit of time just to make sure i'm not going to make that
0: mistake and get that penalty loop okay and and again it's like everybody i'm guessing will have and it probably goes into your personality if you if you just crash into things head on mm. you're probably going to make a mistake whereas if you calm yourself breathing a little bit like you mentioned wim half go go full wim half before you get into one yeah, you know, you, you're probably going to come out of it a lot calmer, and uh, that's the same to take into most things, isn't it? You know? Mm, exactly. So, um, yeah. And um,
1: so, like, you see world champions, national champions, they were all there, but not all of them came through with all their bands because they're just gunning, they're just going for it. Right. So, best guy in Norway, number one in Norway,
0: <laughs> out of it. Right. All bands lost. Crikey. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you sound like you've got a pretty pretty good mentality that even though that's happened, that you can take positives out of it and, and learn things from it. And you, you write some good sort of Facebook reviews about your experience, and it's good to sort of review it let, sort of let everybody know and, uh, and what you learned from it going into the next one. So what have you got planned coming up? What's in the pipeline next? No,
1: it's um, the Norwegian Championships. Okay. Uh, and the World Championships in Belgium. Wow. So, yeah, that's going to be, that's all booked up and going to be a nice trip. We'll take a week of holiday with the family. Yeah. Going to get there on Tuesday. Races start on Friday. So, Mm. got a few days to study, study the course.
0: Feel well prepared.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I've been struggling with knee and shoulder injuries. Mm. Um, Just a little bit of like, messing around with the periodization of my training like hmm. when you go into the obstacle season you're supposed to reduce your running okay. volume and i didn't do it enough i didn't reduce enough okay. this spring so i ended up with a knee patella tendinopathy okay uh so yeah the the tendon in the front of the kneecap or bottom bottom of the kneecap hmm inflamed and actually degenerated so i had to build it back up like okay strength train it back up right so i have to keep doing that i guess that's just going to be those those physio movements are just going to be my best friend for the rest of my life
0: yeah i mean i mean what i'm um, yeah i don't want to be a doom monger but <laughs> the, things start going when you get older believe me because it's like when i run now it's easy to say what which part's not hurting you know yeah. because everything's aching or yeah niggling or you know but i i kind of decided now that if you never went anywhere because you had a niggle you would never do anything no exactly so just go unless it's you know unless you're in 10 out of 10 pain i just go and yeah. take a couple of paracetamol you know and just get on with it the benefits far outweigh and usually when you when you're when you're a kilometer in or you're 10 minutes into your run You've forgotten about it anyway, you know, you kind of run it. I mean, I, I ran today, like I was saying before, and I had a stitch from hell. <laughs> <laughs> Probably because I had a circle K burger this afternoon after work, but I had a stitch from hell. But my mentality now is saying to me, okay, you got a stitch. I'm not gonna stop. I'm gonna make sure I finish my 7k through the stitch. Yeah. Just so I'm like building mental resilience of mm-hmm. if I do marathons or whatever I end up doing you're going to have to deal with something like that at some point of that event. Yeah. So when I get these little niggles now and I'm out running, off, I, I just think, no, well, no, we just have to now go to the place. And that's a Ranald Fines thing he said. He used to say, he, you've got to turn off the little baby's voice in your head, <laughs> the little kid's voice in your head saying you're hurt yeah. and switch you off and just say, no, nope, this is what we do now and just go through it. And find a way, basically. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but we're coming to the end, Luke. It's been absolutely tremendous talking to you. I have really enjoyed it. Uh, hope you have. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for sharing your insights into OCR. Best of luck for the with the ones you've got lined up, and we'll do this again uh, in a few months. You can let us know how those ones go. Definitely. And what else is coming up? So, Luke, thanks very much. Cheers. Thank <laughs> you.